welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I am joined as always by my great friend, Ela Crane. She is the host of the Peaceful East podcast. And I want to remind everyone before I bring Ela on and we get into this great conversation that I'm super excited for today, the Peaceful East hotline. It's still hot. We love taking your calls. We love talking about the things that you want to bring up, the questions, the ideas, the thoughts that you have. The number for that, 424-625-5562. Again, 424-625-5562. Give us a call 24-7 and Ela would love to answer your questions or have a dialogue with you from that. Again, you can email us if you feel more comfortable doing that. We love seeing those messages. Podcast at PeacefulEase.com is where you can find us there. Podcast at PeacefulEase.com. And again, PeacefulEase.com is the website. Go there, connect with Ela, and we've got great stuff. Ela, how are you today? I'm good. I'm still in the cow town. <laughs> still in Switzerland in the cow town. I love it. How are the cows, by the way? Uh, we are making great friends. <laughs> that's good. I'm sure you have. That, maybe that's why the chocolate is so good, <laughs> yeah. amongst other things. I mean, I'm surprised the cows are not purple because that was my impression <laughs> yeah. like from the milk commercials. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, for today's episode, I know we just had a fascinating conversation before we got started, and I can't wait to get into it. But I know you want to start. You have a really great quote that you want to read to listeners to just open up the dialogue and start things off. So I'm going to turn it over to you and let you share the quote, and then we can get into conversation. Okay. So just a word of warning. The quote is kind of dark, but it's absolutely great, and it's true. So I'm reading this book called The Tao of Fully Feeling, Harvesting Forgiveness Out of Blame by Pete Walker. And it starts with this quote by Dennis Holly, apparently an American television host and producer. I didn't know he was also an author, but he has pointed out something that really touched me. And he said, America is a nation of emotional orphans. Adult children grew up without effective parents. Tens of millions of our friends, neighbors, spouses, and lovers had childhoods where their parents were not emotionally there for them. Now, this really touched me. I mean, I think it's not just America, but a big part of the planet we can say that many people are emotional orphans. And I really was touched by the fact that he used the word, the phrase adult children, because we are like adult children. And I know so many people, not just people whom I work with, but friends, family members who suffered so much during their childhood, not because of like, terrible abuse, but sometimes neglect, sometimes not being seen or feeling loved the way they wanted to be loved. 
And that made me think a lot about what we are doing as society. Because here in Switzerland, apparently you need to pass a test to own a dog. So they ask you some basic questions to make sure that you know how to feed it, you know how to train it. Yet anywhere else in the world, I mean, anywhere in the world, you can have children as you like and you don't have to have any basic knowledge. And I thought, I'm not suggesting we introduce a test, but some kind of system that will support the parents because the way it is, is just unfair for the children, but also unfair for the parents. And with all this kind of childhood trauma being stuck in us, we become adult children, like Dennis Holly said. And when we grow up, there's no space for us to express any of this or express any emotion. And all this made me think and realize that we are at war with emotions, perhaps other than happiness. I agree 110%. I don't think that it's necessarily an instance where we blame the parents. And I know you're not, but I just wanted to go there just in case someone's thinking that. I think it's a case where we need to take responsibility for ourselves, become more attuned to our emotions. And I think, was it Clive who we talked about on the last episode, who's one of your mentors, has a great quote about emotions, I think, that you've shared with me in the past, about identifying them but not identifying with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that – because I've noticed in my own life that there are times when I'll feel almost stuck. Like something will be bothering me, but I won't be able to really figure out why. And then when I talk through it with someone and they're able to help me identify the emotion I'm feeling based on why I feel stuck, I can then acknowledge it and get over it. Mm -hmm. And it's not an issue of you know being stuck. It's an issue of identifying how I really feel, allowing myself to feel that way, and then being able to move on from that in a productive manner. Yeah. And this is exactly the point I want to make. It's not about just parenting. The discussion is not that. I believe, I mean, everyone is doing their best. And my parents were not perfect. But when I listen to their childhood, I think they've done an amazing job. And I hope my children will say the same thing, that I've done a better job. And they will do a better job than me, I hope. But there could be more support. And especially around emotions, we could include them in our education system and turn this into kind of a useful life lesson where maybe we teach children how to deal with anger or shame or guilt and teach them that these emotions are all a part of the human condition and that all emotions are in fact just energies you know, some emotions can be like high energies, like anger. Some emotions can be like low energies, like sadness or depression. But they are all energies and they come with the human condition. And there is nothing to be ashamed of feeling any of these emotions. In fact, if you are ashamed of, if you try to block them, if you say, I don't feel this, even though you are feeling it, it just grows, it just accumulates. Whereas if we can be aware of how we feel 
and just really be with it and acknowledge it. It could be just you acknowledging it to yourself. Here we go. I'm feeling guilty again. And there's not really any reason, not that much. I did my best and it didn't work out, whatever the circumstance was. But if you acknowledge that guilt, it will pass easier. And if you share it, like you said, with friends, who will listen to it, who won't just say, oh, don't feel guilty, but who will just say, I understand. Yeah, I will feel the same. Then they allow you to process that emotion. And I think it will just be a freer world in that way. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to, when you feel an emotion, to not judge it. Yeah. Right. To not like beat yourself up over feeling angry or beat yourself up for feeling guilty, but to acknowledge it and allow yourself to actually feel it. Because isn't that the point of feeling emotions? Isn't that what makes being human so, so incredible is being able to feel all these different things, experience all these different things and do it in such a way where we can express ourselves and share it with other people and just kind of, you call it the human condition, just no other creature aside from human beings. And the fact that we're human beings in and of itself is a miraculous thing because the odds of actually being a human being in today's world are ridiculous. It's like four gazillion. It's a huge, huge number. They've worked out the numbers. You can look it up if you want. But just being a human is such an incredible thing. So why would you want to block any part of that? We have this honor and this privilege to be human and to experience this. And that goes back to, I think, to living in the present moment, right? Being able to appreciate it, what we talked about in the last episode, mm-hmm. have gratitude and appreciation, but also to feel all the feelings and experience all the things that come along with this journey. Yeah. And not to create this loop, like feeling one emotion, for example, anger, and then feeling frustrated that you're angry, then it creates this loop where you just go between anger and frustration and just it accumulates, like you said, being present and feeling what you feel and not buying into it in Clive's terms, identifying it, but not identifying with it and expressing it without really jumping into the emotion and like tearing things down, but saying, I'm really disappointed or I'm really angry. And just watching what that anger does to you, it will really change the anger that will, I know when you're angry, like you really want to just tear things apart for us. But if you can just stop and ask yourself, hey, where do I feel this anger? Is it in my chest? Is it in my stomach? Is it in my hands? Where is it exactly? All of a sudden, it will take you to a different realm where you become aware of the emotion and acknowledge that it's there, but you are not the emotion. You are beyond. You are looking at that emotion. You are the awareness looking at that emotion. And that goes back to Clive's quote of not identifying with it, but identifying it and being able to experience and allowing yourself to experience it. Because I think experiencing those emotions, it stacks and it makes us better. The thing that you were talking about, about that pattern, when I was studying psychology and coaching, they call that the crazy eight pattern because it looks like an eight on its side Mm -hmm. because it just goes back and forth. And it starts with like, and the other thing that I learned is when it comes to emotions, everyone wants to be happy all the time, right? Mm -hmm. I wish I could just be happy all the time. Well, number one, no, you don't. 
because being happy all the time, and it's impossible. And the reason you don't, and the reason it's impossible is because as human beings, when we have something for so often, we eventually get bored and we love variety. We have a need for variety to feel and see and experience different things. So you can't be happy all the time. And something else that we talked about that you mentioned is without sadness, there would be no happiness. And I'll let you get into that. But the other thing is a lot of times this crazy eight or this pattern that people get stuck in, they have one emotion that they're really good at because they've experienced it a lot and they know how to get into it and they feel comfortable there. And so they'll get into it for one reason or another and say it's like anger. So they'll be angry, 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 angry for so long and then they need to change and they need some variety. So what will happen is a lot of times they'll either go into guilt or sadness Mm -hmm. because they'll feel guilty for being angry or sad for being angry and they'll sit in that for a while and then they'll sit in that for so long and then all of a sudden they get angry again because they felt guilty. Now I'm mad at myself for being guilty and then it's just a loop and it continues until someone interrupts that pattern if we don't have that awareness. But I think that's where awareness is so vital because if we can be aware of the same emotions we're feeling, and then if we're also aware that there's an infinite number of emotions that we can feel in all different types of combinations, you know, why sit in the same two all the time? Yeah. And, um, and the, our capacity to feel any positive emotion really depends on our capacity to feel any negative emotion. Now, this may sound crazy, but without the capacity to feel sadness, you couldn't feel happy because happiness wouldn't exist without sadness. Like you said, if we were happy 24-7, well, we wouldn't call that state happy. It will just be the new default. And then we would crave for some better emotion than happiness. So it's really like... um, kind of seesaw and you never get it perfectly balanced it's always going a bit right a bit left you're a bit happy you're a bit sad there is some balance and the idea is like to kind of keep the swings to minimal but even if it goes to maximal it's welcome because it shows that a person is capable of feeling so much you know, you can feel so much devastation, so much grief, but that would also mean you can feel so much love and so much joy because it's like the capacity to feel is so sensitive and we all have that sensitivity. Yet the way we train or the way we function in the society is like numbing that sensitivity. We call it professionalism, We call it strength. When somebody goes through terrible things and they don't express any emotion, we say, what a strong person. Wow, you know, he lost this and that and he didn't even cry. Whereas what this person is going through is maybe just suppression. Maybe he's completely disassociated from his pain. But we somehow speak of it as a heroic thing we almost promote that numbness and not with just socially with medicines medications too like i was reading that prozac is being used by 40 million people today it's a scary number and it's prescribed so easily and it doesn't solve the problem it doesn't cure the causes of depression can just help it can give a ground to investigate further but it's 
within itself, it's not the solution because we are not just chemical imbalances. Things happen to us that result to chemical imbalances. But the chemical imbalances are not the culprit generally. So we that's why we need to turn inward. That's why we need to make peace with emotions. That's why we need to open up to feel whatever comes to our door. Like remember that Rumi poem we covered in one episode? The guest house. We can link it to it again. I love that poem. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. That capacity to feel and looking at it that way. I mean, again, we talked about gratitude in the last episode and, you know, you can feel really devastated and upset and sad, but if you reframe that and if you can step back from that and not sit in it, but take a minute, even if it's just a minute to step back from it, you can look at it and think, man, I'm so devastated, but my capacity to feel devastation, I'm so grateful that I have that capacity because I'm not going to be devastated forever. Because if I do, again, like you said, it would just become the new norm and you would have to find something else. So if I have the capacity to be this devastated, I also have the capacity to be elated Mm -hmm. and this much. So it's coming. I'm going to get there. And so that's how what we mean by not don't sit in it, but just realize, have that awareness. And then you can have gratitude for that awareness. You can have gratitude for that fact. And then you can move towards that. I think too, it gives you hope. Yeah. Right. Because when they talk about depression, depression is, you know, when you're in a place, but you have no hope, you feel like you have no power to change it. You're in a situation that you don't like or that you interpret as being negative and you feel powerless to change it. And so you become, quote unquote, depressed. Mm -hmm. And so I think as long as you have hope or you can find that hope and you know you have the capacity and it can change, then you will come out of it. Mm -hmm. And. What I'm talking about here is like emotional richness, emotional wealth. That's what I like to kind of emphasize and promote. I love that term, emotional wealth. Yeah, because in the West, we love science. I love science. But then we kind of sometimes confuse logic and ration and kind of push our feelings aside. Whereas to me, emotions and logic, they're like different frequencies. I need both, like AM and FM. They are not like one is better than the other. They're just, they work differently. And being human means you have both and you use both the right way when you needed it. And if we can stop editing our emotions, because it may sound wrong, because the way we feel may not make sense. But emotions don't listen to logic and they're there. If we can just acknowledge it, promote emotional wealth, emotional richness in our family and with our friends, I think we will just have more freedom individually and a healthier society. And I would like to quickly give an example of what this would look like. So because we've been kind of abstract so imagine you planned a holiday with your partner wife husband friends and it will be cancelled because your partner has to work it's just something came up and there's no way you can go on this holiday that you've been waiting for so long now the feelings will be like frustration anger who knows it's very individual but something along those lines And the reaction could be several things. One, we could say, 
well, you always do that. Last year, you're also canceled. I'm sick of this, which is like attacking. You can say, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, fine. Which is probably suppressing. You're angry, you're resentful, but you're not saying anything. You're just getting on with it, which is pushing aside your emotions, not acknowledging them. You can be playing the optimist saying, huh, okay, well, I can always do more work. You know, my project deadline is coming too, which is, again, not acknowledging the way you feel. Or you can be passive aggressive and say, oops, I just broke that watch you love, the one your grandparents gave you, kind of like somehow is coming out of somewhere else, that anger. But the healthy approach would be like to talk about it, how you feel, like saying, I understand you have to work. Can you also understand I'm disappointed? And I'm afraid that we'll never take time off this year because there's something coming up each time we try. And I'm angry at you that you let this happen. And even though I know you know you had no chance, even though I know you want to go on this holiday, still I'm angry at you. Can you understand that? And what can we do about it now? You know. And this conversation could just grow in so many different ways. They could find a solution, maybe, or they could not. But this will be the healthier approach. This is how the emotions would be processed and let go, set free, in a way. That's so well put. Beautiful. I love that, setting them free, processing them and setting them free. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we can continue with this conversation. Is there more you want to cover that we can plan for for next week around this topic? Maybe. Let me look into this. There's so much to say. But for now, I would like to kind of wrap up with a practice, with an exercise. I have actually two options very quickly. One is asking a friend how they feel, like how are you today, kind of basic question, but twice. (laughs) So This sounds silly. Well, I do that a lot and it works. Generally say, so how are you? I haven't seen you for a while. And everyone is like just tuned in to say, I'm good. But then I say, hang on, hang on. I mean it. How are you? And generally people pause. And sometimes I share an observation. How are you? I mean, you look a bit tired. And then people open up saying, oh, you know what happened? So it's just like a very basic exercise to give people the space to share that how they really feel instead of saying i'm fine you know and in this tone i'm fine <laughs> how are you good how are you it's like <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> it's not a conversation really <laughs> and the second one is like more kind of deeper exercise if somebody says i feel bad Don't just tell them not to feel bad, even though I know our intention is like good to kind of help them overcome these feelings of badness, but let them feel it. Like just listen, just say, hey, why is that? And listen to understand without judgment and listen without turning it into a conversation saying, oh, you know, that happened to me too. Like, no, just listen and allow the person to process his or her emotions and set them free. And it's beautiful to witness. Great stuff, as always, Ela. Thank you so much. I want to remind people to, again, find your work at peacefulease.com. And a couple options can email us, 
podcast at peacefulease.com is the dedicated email address for the Peaceful East podcast. And the hotline, which is open 24-7. It's hot 24-7. Give us a call, 424-625-5562. We'd love to hear your feedback. Love to feature you on the program. And I know it always gives Ela such great inspiration for different ideas and different topics. So we always look forward to that. Ela, thanks so much. This has been fantastic. I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you, Mario. And thank you for listening. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pereca. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.